Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WrestleLife Radio's Fantasy Booking. This is the second time we've done Fantasy Booker. I am WrestleLife Matt, and I'm here to tell you how I would fantasy book AEW versus WWE. And I know, I know, we're a little early. AEW's only been around for about a year. But you know what? I thought it would be fun. And when I was thinking about the potential matchups, I got really excited. And I wanted to do it anyway, so I thought maybe someone else would enjoy it. Why not share it with the world? So here I am, world, sharing with you my fantasy booking ideas for AEW versus WWE. Now, long-time listeners know that I did a fantasy booker episode, and it was one of my very first episodes I ever did. And it was how old fantasy book Cesaro, who was one of my favorite wrestlers to WrestleMania. And I didn't really like the way that turned out. And that's why I haven't really done um, a, a lot. Any, that's why I haven't done any other fantasy booking episodes. But this one was really fun. And so I put a decent amount of thought into it. So hopefully I can convey uh, my thoughts. So let me know what you think in the comments below. What matches did I miss? What superstars do you want to see? Because I'm going to tell you, they're not all on here, especially with WWE, because they have a much deeper roster than AEW does. I came up with a couple rules for this. My my rules are I can only use the current roster. I can't use rumors. That's why Marty Skrull is not in a not in a match. And then I also made it where I can't make wrestlers switch shows. So even though we're pretty sure that the Revival are going to AEW, you know, there's been a lot of rumors that Matt Hardy was going to AEW, Luke Harper slash Brody Lee is going to AEW. We can't do anything like that. Because we can only use the current rosters as they stand today, January 6th, 2020, which is when I'm recording this. So, if you're wondering what Fantasy Booker is, just to go into it a little bit deeper, it's my wackadoodle brain. Um, a lot of people do Fantasy Booking, so you probably you may have heard of it before. But basically, it's just me going, man, if I was the booker for WWE and we purchased AEW or vice versa, I don't care how it happened in the real world, I only care about the kayfabe and the storylines... What would I do to make it cool? So here's what I would do. This Friday night on SmackDown, which is the second SmackDown of the new year, I would have Chris Jericho walk through the crowd and take a seat in the front row. The announcers would go crazy and say, what is he doing here? But of course, he would never get named. Now, unlike Scott Hall... Chris Jericho would not be alone, and he would have Jake Hager, or Jack Swagger, as WWE fans know him, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz, the inner circle. And they're taking up five seats in the front row, and then uh, Corey Graves and Michael Cole are saying, why is he here? He's not supposed to be here. There's some match happening right now, but all that really matters is the matches is from two people that are not very important. Say, I don't know, Mojo Raleigh versus Heath Slater, right? No offense to guys, but let's, let's be real here. So Mojo Raleigh versus Heath Slater is happening in the ring, and these five guys come down, and uh, they they are watching that the, the action in the ring, and just after a minute or two, Chris Jericho sicks the inner circle onto the wrestlers in the ring. The referee calls for the bell. Chris Jericho slowly saunters into the ring and steals a microphone and calls out Vince McMahon. 
and says, I know you're here, Vince. You're always here, unless you're out preparing for your future failure of a football league. And then his mic gets cut off. He pats on it. He steals another one and says, you can't cut me off, Vince. You've known me for so long. I demand your respect. Get out here right now. This man's music hits. He comes out. Security comes with him. He does not have a microphone in his hand, and he yells at security to go get them out of the ring. Security comes in the ring and get absolutely destroyed by the inner circle. Chris Jericho says, Vince McMahon, when I left WWE, I had every intention of coming back, but I never intended on coming back alone. You disrespected me, and that's why I left. And now I'm back to take over your company. And then the Raw roster will um, start running out from the back as Vince motions for them to come out. They all, the, the inner circle, leave the ring. And Chris Jericho says, I will be back, Vince, but I won't be alone. So nothing happens for the next few weeks until the Royal Rumble comes around. The show's going off with no issues. No one thinks about, you know, Chris Jericho and these other guys that, you know, the, most people don't know other than Jack Swagger. And number 30 hits. And you hear the Miz's music hit, but no one comes out. Then you go show in the back that the Miz is laid out. It's been destroyed. And then this guy that no one knows comes out. And whoever is announcing says, wait a second, he's not supposed to be here. Is he with Chris Jericho? And it's Hangman Page. And he gets the ring, gets in the ring. And currently in the ring are Ricochet, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, and Seth Rollins. And he survives against all four of them. Last eliminating King Corbin. So hopefully he gets a little bit of a face pop. And your winner of the Royal Rumble is Hangman Adam Page. The Royal Rumble gets cut. The announcers say, no, we need to get off, you know, get this off, cut right now. We don't want to show him anymore. The Royal Rumble abruptly ends. The next night on Raw, Triple H opens the show and says that that was not official, that we will have another Rumble match tonight as the main event on Monday Night Raw. And as he's talking and telling the, the crowd that they're going to have another Royal Rumble match, who is coming down the crowd with a ticket in his hand other than Cody Rhodes? And Triple H says, what are you doing here? And Cody's in his front row seat, kind of shrugs, smirks, and says, I bought a ticket. Jericho gave me this idea, said it was cool. And then security starts to try to escort him out. And Triple H says, no, no, no. I know this kid. His father was a hero of mine. Let him in the ring. So Cody gets in the ring. And Cody says, if you're going to have a Royal Rumble, you know, we only had one of our guys in your match last night. How about we go 15 and 15? And let's see who the real, you know, who is the, the real uh, major player in wrestling. And Triple H corrects him and says, sports entertainment. And Cody says, I know what I said. So, of course, Triple H says no. They have a little bit of a back and forth. And Cody taunts Triple H. And Triple H eventually says, you know what? Your no-talent bum friends who think they're elite, 
They've got no chance of winning a match when we're actually prepared for it. So great. 15 of our guys. 15 of your guys. Let's do it. The crowd goes nuts. And in the main event that night, the 23rd entrant wins that match, who last eliminates Kevin Owens. And that man is Pac. After the win, the WWE locker room empties. And Pac hops the barricade. Cody's in the front row, smiling, laughing. And he's in the camera shot with Pac. Triple H's music hits. He comes out, but immediately says, cut my music. And says, Cody, if you and your elite boys want a war, you can have it. Any place, any time. And Cody says, that's what I was hoping to hear. See you at WrestleMania. The crowd goes insane. And that's what sets up this card. Now, other things obviously will need to happen, like Chris Jericho returning because he said he would. In between that and WrestleMania, I'm not going to go in through all that because I've set up the card. And I'd like to explain to you what matches I have. You know, maybe I'll explain how the matches were set up a bit. Some of them, anyway. Um, and you tell me what you think. And like I said, if you agree or disagree with me, leave a comment below. Tell me what matches you would have preferred to see. Tell me that I'm a stupid idiot, like Chris Jericho would, and that um, some of my matches are absolutely insane. But here goes. I have put 17 matches on this card. And yes, I know that is an insane number of matches. But the reason that I've done that is I look back at the old WrestleManias, or the, the recent WrestleManias, excuse me, and they have added more and more matches every single year. Now, I'm a guy who hopes that they'll actually cut back a bit on that because it's really getting out of hand. But last year they had 16 matches. So this year I have 17. So there's four matches on the pre-show and 13 matches on the main card. So opening your pre-show is the Street Profits versus Private Party. Now, this should be a pretty obvious reason of why I chose this. They share a very similar gimmick, and I think it will be fun to see a similar gimmick versus a similar gimmick. WCW versus WWF, when that was going on during the Monday Night Wars, a lot of people would you know, go, okay, well, Sting is, you know, kind of supernatural in WCW. He should wrestle The Undertaker. Stone Cold and Goldberg, both big, bald guys with black trunks. So this has been going on for a long time, and I've always been a big fan of that. Of that match, the Street Profits would come out the winner. And your score will be AEW 0, WWE 1. Your next match, you have Sami Zayn. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Joey Janela and the best friends. And wouldn't you know it, Sami Zayn's team actually gets a win. Team Sami Zayn makes WWE go up 2 to 0. We move on to a 5 on 5 elimination match and there's a men's match and a women's match. The women's match is the one that's on the pre-show. Mostly, and the reason I did that is because I don't feel like AEW's women's roster is all that strong. Um, although these five women actually pretty good, but I don't feel like their their roster is all that strong. 
So uh, I decided to put them on the pre-show. And so I've got Britt Baker, Awesome Kong, Chris Statlander, Nyla Rose, and Emmy Sakura versus Bailey, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Kyrie Sane. And this is an elimination match. The last eliminated on Team AEW is Awesome Kong, and she's eliminated by Bailey and Sasha Banks. So the WWE wins this with two female competitors standing tall, AEW 0, WWE 3. Now this is where I should address the announcers, because your announcing teams are Jim Ross and Corey Graves, Tony Schiavone, and Jerry the King Lawler, and Michael Cole and Excalibur. So you'll have three teams, three announcing teams, and that match was called by Jim Ross and Corey Graves. And Corey Graves says, JR, you chose the wrong team, buddy. You might as well give up. We're already showing how dominant we are, which cuts to a backstage, the backstage area, and Chris Jericho is giving the inner circle uh, a pep talk and says, look, guys, this has not started off well. I need you guys to go out there and handle business. And so Santana and Ortiz, Sammy Guevara, and Jake Hager come to the ring, and they're wrestling Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, Aleister Black, and Samoa Joe. And I know that's some really great names that you wouldn't put on a pre-show generally, but there's so much talent on both rosters. It had to happen. Jake Hager gets the pinfall here on Ricochet, and AEW finally gets on the board. One to three. And this is where WrestleMania starts. So WrestleMania starts. Michael Cole welcomes us to WrestleMania. Jim Ross welcomes us to WrestleMania. And you see all three announced teams out ringside. And this is going to be a really huge pay-per-view. Everyone puts it over. The WWE guys are bragging that they're already up 3-1. to one, And the AEW guys says that's okay because the Elite and Chris Jericho and John Moxley and SCU and other wonderful AEW superstars, wrestlers, whatever you want to call them, have not had the opportunity to wrestle yet. And then as they're talking, you hear Big E do his big introduction. Oh, Tampa! Don't you dare be sour! Etc., etc. And the New Day, all three of them, Kofi Kingston, Big E, and Xavier Woods, come out to the ring. And they are there to wrestle. SCU! And you see Christopher Daniels come out. With his big old microphone stand, Frank Gazarian, Scorpio Sky. They come in there and they they do their three letters, SCU. Everyone's having a good time. Even though these guys clearly don't like each other. And the match starts. And this match ends with Scorpio Sky hitting a huge move and pinning Xavier Woods. AEW 2. WWE 3. Of course, Tony Schiavone puts over that AEW is coming back. They only need one more win to to solidify uh, a draw. And then they'll clearly pass the WWE later on. To which Corey Graves, who is also out there, says that he's calling the next, next match. And he knows 
that AEW's Hikaru Shida has no chance against the queen, Charlotte Flair. So Shida versus Flair is up next. And in true Joshi and WWE fashion, Joshi where it's good, WWE where it's not. This match is incredible, but Hikaru Shida gets a roll-up victory over Charlotte Flair, shocking the WWE Universe. AEW 3, WWE 3. We move on to uh, a what could be and should be a main event tag team match. And we've got the Usos versus the Lucha Brothers. And oh my gosh, would I ever like to see that in real life? Because holy smokes, would that be good? This match is a barn burner. It's given 17 minutes. 20 minutes. I don't care. I know there's a lot of matches, but give these guys time, please. But it ends with Seto Miedo, Pentagon, getting the pin after a double team on one of the Usos. AEW 4, WWE 3. AEW wins four matches in a row and overtakes WWE. Now, of course, the WWE guys are saying, you know what, it's just luck. The AEW guys are saying, no, actually, it's talent. And we move on to the next match. Now, I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one, but I want to explain my reasoning. And we're going to get Roman Reigns versus Dustin Rhodes. If this was the WWE and it was Roman Reigns versus Gold Dust, I think we all know that the match would last, I don't know, two minutes, maybe, if Gold Dust is lucky. Roman Reigns would get an easy win. There's no way it would be on WrestleMania, and he would pin him, what, on a, in two minutes on a SmackDown squash match. But Dustin is treated differently in AEW. And this isn't gold dust. This is the natural Dustin Rhodes, who still has some left in the tank, one of the greatest, and has really looked his, like he's had some of the best moments of his career in his short time in AEW. This could be a really cool buildup where Roman says, you know what, Dustin, I've known you for a long time. I really respect you. I'm so glad that you've had a career resurgence, but I'm here to put you down. And Dustin can reply, and there's so many ways you could take it. What I would do is I would almost do like a creepy Dustin gimmick, but not gold dust weird creepy. Like his promos maybe where, you know, he's staring off into the distance or stare, even better, staring directly into the camera, and he's got the face paint on, and he says, Roman, I'm not the same man that I used to be in the WWE. I'm not that joke of a ridiculous character that's part of bad creative and bad writing. I am the son of the son of a plumber. I am the natural Dustin Rhodes, and you have no idea what you're up against. And I think this match should be given time, 12 to 13 minutes. I think Dustin and Roman could actually put on a pretty good match. I know that compared to the Usos and the Lucha Brothers, it probably wouldn't be you know, exactly a barn burner here. But look, Roman Reigns is one of the biggest names, if not the biggest name in the WWE. Dustin Rhodes is well-respected in the WWE and AEW. 
this would be a big match. And Roman Reigns would take the win. AEW 4, WWE 4. We move on to 5-on-5 elimination. And this is for the men's elimination match. And you've got Randy Orton, The Miz, Kevin Owens, Braun Strowman, and King Corbin. Versus Darby Allen, MJF, Sean Spears, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. And honestly, I don't even really care what happens in this match as long as we get a MJF versus The Miz face-to-face and MJF eliminates The Miz. That's what I want to happen. That would be great. Darby Allen is the last eliminated in this match, and he is in the ring against Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and King Corbin. Strowman got eliminated probably by some WWE bullcrap. And The Miz is eliminated by MJF. Darby Allen survives against Randy Orton and Kevin Owens, but can't overtake King Corbin. And I know, I know, you guys don't like King Corbin. I'm not his biggest fan, but the reality is he's becoming a big deal in the WWE. And he's actually good in the ring. Watch some of his matches in that King of the Ring tournament. He did a good job. WWE 5, AEW 4. Next, we get our only champion versus champions match of the night in Becky Lynch versus Riho. Becky Lynch is one of the biggest stars in all of wrestling, male or female. Riho's been built very nice in AEW, but she's not overcoming Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch gets a clean win here. Not roll up. A clean win, making Riho tap out AEW 4, WWE 6. And now, we get the only match on this card that we are very likely to see in 2020. Hashtag FTR, The Revival versus The Young Bucks. This match is going to be incredible. And I hope to the good Lord we get to see this in real life. The Revival comes out. They get a huge hero's welcome in the WWE because they decided to stay with Team WWE instead of moving on to AEW. But you hear that guitar riff. And you hear two of the most beautiful words in all of wrestling. Super Kick Party! And then instead of cannons blowing out bucks, they start falling from the ceiling. The young bucks come out. The crowd goes nuts. Money is everywhere. The revival is kicking it out of the ring because they're coming into the ring. They're picking it up. They're ripping it, being good hills just like they are. The young bucks get in the ring. And these guys have one of the longest matches of the night. It is absolutely incredible. It's no disqualification. They do so many crazy things. Tables, ladders, chairs, you name it. This match is awesome. And the Young Bucks prove that they're elite and bring AEW to 5, WWE to 6. Now, one of our Royal Rumble winners is up next, and that's Pac. And he is challenging 
Universal Champion, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Pac is not afraid of The Fiend. He beats the snot out of him. He does the Black Arrow. He does his, gosh, I can't remember the name of it, the, the, the Brutalizer, I believe is what it's called, his submission move. But The Fiend just stands up, even though his arms are contorted, and drops him back directly onto the mat. After eight, nine minutes, even though Pac has done everything and has been on the offensive the entire time, he gets caught with a mandible claw, and the Fiend retains his title. AEW 5, WWE 7. Next, we get the dream match, and what some have said that if Kenny Omega was told he would have this match, he may have even joined WWE and left his AEW buddies. And that's Kenny Omega versus AJ Styles. You don't need any build-up for this match. All you need is who is the best bout machine? Who is phenomenal? Who is the best in the world? Is it Kenny Omega or is it AJ Styles? Now, I know there's other arguments as best in the world. I'm just, this is kayfabe, guys. We're going for the build here. This match is the longest of the night. You give these guys a solid 26, 27 minutes. They put on one of the best matches of all time. And I believe that would happen. You put these two guys in the same ring at WrestleMania, 100% would happen. Kenny Omega is fighting for 26 minutes to hit that one winged angel. He can never do it. AJ Styles constantly goes for the Styles Clash, a phenomenal forearm. He never connects until the very end when Kenny Omega hits the one-winged angel on AJ Styles. One, two, three. Kenny Omega pins AJ Styles and brings AEW to six. WWE to seven. Your other Royal Rumble match winner, Hangman Page versus Brock Lesnar, is next. Again, this is something that doesn't need any kind of special booking. All you need is Paul Heyman to laugh at this young cowboy saying, Who do you think you are coming over here thinking you have a chance at Brock Lesnar? Oh, you're great because Paul Heyman does a wonderful job putting over Brock Lesnar's opponents. And he says, you're great. I've watched you for years, Adam. I know who you are. Don't think that I'm like everyone else in the back that only pays attention to this product. I know who you are. I know how great you are. But no matter how wonderful you are, no matter how great you are, no matter how terrific you are, Adam Page, you are nothing more than an ant that would be under Brock Lesnar's foot. And so Paul Heyman builds this promo with a little hub of Adam Page. And Brock Lesnar can stand there and look menacing, I guess. This match is longer than you expect. It goes similar to the Finn Balor-Brock Lesnar match where Hangman Page gets uh, a lot of high-flying moves in. He might even hit a buckshot lariat or two. But it doesn't matter. Brock Lesnar's still the beast. He gets paid multiple millions of dollars to wrestle a few times a year. 
and he brings WWE up eight to AEW's six. Now there's three matches left. And for AEW to take the win, they have to win all three matches. This is a triple main event. It's the first WrestleMania where neither WWE title has been billed a main event. And that's because of these three matches. And the first one is Cody Rhodes versus Triple H. This is a very simple build, just like a lot of these matches have been. Cody is the EVP. He brought in AEW to WWE. Even though Chris Jericho was the mastermind, he's the one that made it happen. Triple H is defending his company. And Cody says, you know what? If I would have been given my due here, there would be no AEW. There wouldn't need to be an AEW. If I was a multi-time WWE champion and I was given all the opportunities that you were given, Hunter, then maybe, just maybe, I would still be here and be one of your biggest stars instead of being the man that's going to beat you this Sunday at WrestleMania. And he does just that. This is a great match. These guys could work flawlessly together. Cody reminds me a lot of Triple H in his wrestling style. AEW 7, WWE 8. The next semi-main event is Seth Rollins. And he says, John Moxley, you took your ball and went home. And John Moxley comes back. And I know we've had Moxley versus Rollins before, but not like this. All of this mess that Seth Rollins has done as a face. Everyone hated his guts, myself included. Now he's a heel. We get video packages of Seth Rollins saying, John Moxley, you're a coward. You left this company because you couldn't handle it. I am the gold standard in WWE. I am the man that keeps this company on the map. And John Moxley doesn't have to say anything. All he has to do is come to the crowd, kick Seth Rollins in the gut, and do a double arm DDT, better known as a paradigm shift, with his head directly onto the mat. That's all you need. Seth Rollins is goaded into this being a notice qualification match. It's the second notice qualification match of the night. And Moxley and Rollins destroy each other. They basically kill each other. Moxley is insane. And Rollins is so competitive that he refuses to allow anyone else to one-up him. However, the winner of this match is John Moxley. And you have AEW 8, WWE 8. And your main event for the AEW Championship, Chris Jericho, wrestling a man who has been in the ring with many times before. And I could be wrong, someone correct me, but I did a little bit of research, and the only one-on-one match that I could see on TV was in 2010 on NXT. And that's Chris Jericho versus Daniel Bryan. 
Chris Jericho versus Daniel Bryan would be two huge WWE superstars, just like the other two main events we had. Cody, you could argue, wasn't a huge WWE star, but he was around for a long time, won a lot of titles. Obviously, the other five guys have all been world champions. Chris Jericho wrestling Daniel Bryan is a hardcore wrestling fan's wet dream. And Chris Jericho versus Daniel Bryan is a casual wrestling fan's just absolute, they would salivate over it, especially considering the story that Chris Jericho and Daniel Bryan could tell before the match and inside the ring. Daniel Bryan could be the one that Vince McMahon goes to and says, look, Daniel, I know years ago I said you were a B-plus player, but you've proven to me that I was wrong. My two champions can't wrestle Chris Jericho. And you're the man that I need to lead the charge. I need you to take your yes movement and lead it against something that I created who's come back to destroy me. Again, very similar to the Vince McMahon Stone Cold where he said he needed the real Stone Cold. Daniel Bryan accepts. And you have your main event of Chris Jericho versus Daniel Bryan. This is a solid 22-23 minute match. In the end, you get a lot of yeses. You get Jake Hager coming to the side of the ring. But who comes to Daniel Bryan's aid but Kane? How cool would that be in the main event of WrestleMania seeing Kane come to the ring against to save Daniel Bryan against Jake Hager? So, of course, Jake Hager has already interfered. Kane comes, takes him out. They brawl to the back. We have to have a clean finish. Chris Jericho has the walls of Jericho on. Daniel Bryan gets to the ropes. His back is killing him. Chris Jericho tries again. But Daniel Bryan, being a wrestling tactician, a genius, switches it to the yes lock. Chris Jericho wants to tap, but he can't. Out come Santana and Ortiz. They distract the referee as Chris Jericho taps, but nothing. Sammy Guevara comes to the crowd, kicks Daniel Bryan in the head. And then they get out, or Sammy gets out of the ring. AJ Styles and the OC run from the back. They take out Sammy Guevara and Santana and Ortiz. The referee bans them all. As Chris Jericho unfolds a turnbuckle on top rope. He smashes Daniel Bryan's head into it after some time. They go back and forth. He goes for a pinfall. Nothing. Nothing. Can't do it. He picks up Daniel Bryan. He throws him into the rope. Comes back. Gets kicked in the face. One. Two. No. Daniel Bryan picks up Chris Jericho, tosses him to the ropes, lays on his gut as Jericho jumps over him, leapfrogs over Jericho, and turns around as Jericho had stopped himself, and Judas affects Daniel Bryan in his face. One, two, three. Chris Jericho 
the mastermind behind this whole thing, the man who put it into motion, the man who wants respect from Vince McMahon and demanded it, brought this upstart promotion into WrestleMania and defeated the WWE. Daniel Bryan slowly rolls out of the ring, rolls out of the ring off camera. The AEW guys come into the ring. They celebrate as WrestleMania goes off air. Now, what happens after that? What happens on Raw the next night? What happens on Dynamite on Wednesday? We haven't had any WWE guys on Dynamite that I've mentioned. Maybe it happened between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Who knows? That's for your imagination. Any cool ideas? Put them below. I'd love to see it. If you want me to fantasy book anyone else specifically, please let me know. Any other cool ideas, let me know. I would love to do it. Don't forget you can call in. We have that posted on our Facebook page. Uh, We would love to answer your questions. Don't forget to listen. We have new shows every Tuesday and Friday. Tuesday is kind of like a hodgepodge. It could be anything. And then Friday is our weekend review. I have been WrestleLifeMatt. You can follow me at WrestleLifeMatt on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us all on Facebook and Instagram at WrestleLifeRadio and on Twitter at WrestleLifePod. Listen to us wherever you're listening to us now. You can also listen to us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for hanging out with me this last half hour or so. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. It's a brand new year, and we would not be here without you. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate you. Anything you would like for us to do, anything at all, please let us know. We would love some fan feedback. I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day.